live now. Aren't we're live. We? Yeah. yeah. Hello. And just, yeah, can we go like, this is great. It's behind the scenes. Just, what? Oh, I don't even know about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, just so we can see some of the stuff on the table. There's so much cool stuff. I got a face for radio, so I'm trying to just <laughs> speak for yourself. Right a little bit. There's just You're so beautiful. much cool. Thank you. I like There's so guns. much cool stuff. Yes, Look at that. It's cool stuff. All right, that's it. Hi. Hello. This is great. Content. We were sitting talking about, I can't say what we were talking Solving about. Solving the world's problems. Oh, my God. Philanthropy and oh lots of good times. Yeah. One, yeah. one more yeah. at a time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What's my safe word again? Oh boy. <laughs> we went there. Oh my gosh. All right. Hi. API bags. Did we ever find out? Are they good for food? Yeah, API bags are food safe. Are. <laughs> yeah, we asked we asked uh, Jason. He came in the other day. Yeah. Jason says that that's how he stored Yeah. It's awesome. Just eats his chips out of them. He puts his uh his, his suit directly in the bag. <laughs> they're, they're looking at working with Lay's solely as like the new bag. Solid partnership. All, all beef though? jerky in the future is gonna be <laughs> <laughs> that would be badass. That would be really cool. Be sick. <laughs> like you get beef jerky and then when you're done with it, you can store your ammunition in it. I mean right. the house perfect. Uh, and it smells, smells delicious. <laughs> and like why do you have to store those things separate anyways? Ooh. Lead. I mean, like you, you get, get lead for ammo. Yeah, you, you got like <laughs> so a peppered beef jerky. Totally the teriyaki. Exactly. You get a little, yeah. little lead, just a little yeah. lead. Get a little salt in there. Yeah. I prefer lead in my jerky. <laughs> API bags, beef jerky, and bullets coming to you in the future, 2024. <laughs> Comes with a little bit of a breakthrough with it. There you go. Speaking of breakthrough, actually, it's another sponsor. Hey, yeah. It's cool that API actually sells breakthrough as well. Like they're they're kind of like together. No. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you're going to put your stuff away. Would you put it away dirty and all crusty? Heck no. no. Heck yes, no. What you're putting away, right? Yeah. You know, you go to the movie theater and they have, you get your, like, your bucket of popcorn and there's like the butter thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we have one of those, but for breakthrough at like the new <laughs> store. So you can get like, you can like, here's your API bag and you can like put all your guns and stuff in there and then you just go up to the dispenser. Butter it's odorless. It it's in. odorless, right? That's it's odorless. odorless. <laughs> It's not like that other guy who's all stinky. Ooh. Ooh. And will give you cancer. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that, like, part of the charm. you know that that stuff is so carcinogenic. It, 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 it's, it's really bad for you. Carcinogens are not fun I'm, from personal experience. Yeah. What do you think was so wrong with one through eight? Hey, yo. <laughs> we settled on, like, we settled on, they settled on eight, really. Like, yeah. what did nine look like? They try a nine? It's fine. fine. Details, details. Oh, my gosh. Are people even watching? This is like, I, this, is, this is the weirdest intro. They're missing out. They're missing out. We're API is actually saying hi. Yeah. Hi, API. Hi, guys. Good evening, fellas. Ooh. Say it again, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be so nice. Thank you. I think I think API just needs to incorporate beef jerky. It just, I, it that sounds like a slam dunk. Yeah. Okay. Mitch and Jason, take notes. I know you're watching. The the beef jerky is a great idea, actually. <laughs> uh, so Tyler, it looked like you had no problem picking up that that handgun on the counter. Which not that it's like super heavy, but it still looks like you have plenty, plenty of plenty of like muscle and like. <laughs> yeah. Do you lift, bro? To be able to do it. He's been working out. Where do you lift? Where would you Tyler? go? Yeah. <laughs> If Beyond. you were a Genesee County resident, I'd go to Beyond Driven. Yeah. anywhere else, why wouldn't you? I'd go to Beyond Driven from Syracuse. Right, let's, right. Let's not let's not push his stuff into the table. It's just 
This is what it's it, it's competition. I've been going to I've beyond Man, driven got me really on. strong, so I'm not gonna break your gun by pushing it into the table. Mega base. <laughs> <laughs> but beyond driven, voted number one gym in all of Genesee County. That's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to beat. There's a lot of There's, gyms in Genesee County. Genesee County's big. More than just a couple. Yeah. Couple definitely definitely less than like three thousand, but I would say more than <laughs> a few hundred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they won. They and they earned it. It's not like it was just, you know, like a pity thing. Like, oh yeah, that's that's the best we have. Like, no, no. They're an better amazing than, better than a participant. Yeah. They are an amazing yeah. gym. And they're a sponsor of this live stream, which what does that tell you? They're going places. They're, what it's, yeah. That's what it tells you. I hope they can keep up with how much new traffic they're getting because of the stream. So. You know, we've got some riveting topics ahead. I mean, NPR doesn't have anything on us. We got we're gonna solve the world's problems. We're gonna put on some really cool voices. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. So I'm 27. What's NPR? What? National Public Radio. Oh, broadcasting live. Did Joe Rogan York. do that? Yeah, just, what? Do you guys have any DMT? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> be the most fun 15 minutes for people to watch. Okay. Did we even introduce our guest? No. Be <laughs> honest. <laughs> So you, you know Tom sitting at home like, Joe looks different this <laughs> week. There's been a transformation. Wait a minute. <laughs> Still has a flannel. I don't know. Could be. This is our friend, Matt Wolf. Oh, Howdy, man. folks. We need to get you to learn how like the, the little buttons work so you can get the cheers. Yay. Yay. I need a self-esteem boost. I mean, I'm really quiet and shy, so it's going to be I mean, tough. If you yeah. guys see me run into the corner, just bring me back out and I'll, I'll hop back in. It's fine. You have a gun. Yeah, you have a shadow, too. That's all you need. I do have two shadows. I do have a shadow, too. When they don't fire, you can literally use them as like a bludgeoning oh, device. A shadow, two square. Yeah, yeah you, don't, you, have, you don't have self-esteem issues. You have these. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, happy to be on. We got some fun stuff to talk about today. Solving the world's problems, one competition at a time. Hell yeah! Yeah. Speaking of the world's issues, what is your take? <laughs> <laughs> That's another podcast. That's on NPR or Joe Rogan with DMT and Elk Meat. I don't know. No, I'm stoked. Um, among other things today, the the main goal is to talk about competition pistol shooting in our area. I mean, Western New York, um, despite being in uh, the People's Republic of New York has a pretty happening scene. Um, so I'm stoked to just hopefully get the good work, word out of how people can get involved with practical pistol shooting and, uh, yeah, elevate their training. I am always surprised to see how many little pockets and how active they can be, whether it's, you know, like the SAS, the Cowboy Action people, yeah, whether it's, you know, USPSA yep. or IDPA or their steel shoots, there's um, the... NRA high power, you know, with the Garands yep. going to Camp Perry, Steel there's, Challenge. There's a lot. There's a lot to do. Yes, and there's it's um, it's competitive too. It's not like it's just oh they're doing their best. It's like you know AAA level or whatever. No, I mean we were you were just saying we have like nationally ranked folks yep. within 50 miles of here, 100 miles of here, 100. percent And that's the big thing, like. My, my kind of elevator pitch is like, I'm just a regular guy. I'm not law enforcement. I'm not military. Um, I got a desk job, wife and kids, and I absolutely love competition pistol shooting. And my thing is, if I can come on here and talk about some good resources that people can use if they want to go and try a match, you know, make that a goal for 2024. Go and do a match. Uh, maybe you get hooked like you did with me, uh, or maybe you just use that as a form of training. Because at the end of the day, with action pistol shooting, that's kind of mainly what I'm going to talk about, USPSA and IDPA run and gun, practical pistol stuff. It's one of the few things that allows you to test your practical pistol marksmanship 
on a shot timer with an audience, one time to do it, rung what you brung, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's an awesome form of training. So, and then among other things, like aside from just getting involved with competitions, how can you take as the regular CCW, or maybe you have a pistol for home defense, how can you use the training through dry fire and live fire to get more better at practical pistol marksmanship? So, how'd I do? Pretty good. Yeah, that's it. All right. We'll see yeah. you later. Folks. All right. We're good. <laughs> Thanks for checking out the stream. Cool. I know. Yeah, hundred percent. That's yeah. uh I think it's one of those things. It's it's good for everybody. It's good for the individual. Yep. It's good for like the industry and like our rights to have more people 100%. That are very involved. And it's it's just good. Like you said, it's gonna make you a better shooter. Yep. Even if you're just showing up as a casual, like because I think that's something that a lot of people that's like a barrier of entry maybe that they have is they see, you know, they watch the YouTube videos yep. and they see, you know, Keanu Reeves doing the drills for John Wick and sure. they see that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's either I really want to do that or it's like, wow, that's a lot. And I know I'm not going to get to that level, but you don't have to get to that level. You can yep. still have a ton of fun, learn a lot and again, increase your skills in a very accessible way without driving hundreds of miles to go, hundred percent. No, well said, Brandon. And that's the thing. Like, so for some folks that are watching, they might be very familiar. Um, Again, just to clarify with USPSA and IDPA, and we'll elaborate on those. Practical pistol shooting to me is run and gun, right? So it's dynamic. There's a series of targets on each stage. Shot timer goes off. You pew two rounds in each cardboard. And on your very last shot, the shot timer records a time. Mm -hmm. Your points then get scored. And the total points that you have, at least in USP, USPSA, get divided by time, and that's your score. But without diving too deep into the scoring, I mean, yeah, you said it. My big thing with competitions are, yes, when you're first starting out or when you're tuning up, you go to a place like the firing pin and you do your static drills, you build your marksmanship uh, with no variables. But at the end of the day, when you're practicing reloads on the move, shooting on the move, all the dynamic sides – even if you only do a competition you know, maybe once or twice a year, it's an awesome form of training. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely like you, you, a lot of people brush it off until, and I'm one of those until it's your turn and everyone's watching you and mm-hmm. that timer goes off. Right. Like 100%. that. I mean, it's nothing like being in a gunfight or being in an actual self-defense situation, Yep. but it's a lot more nerve wracking and just going to the range, even just shooting with your buddies. Yep. It's a lot more nerve-wracking when that, that timer goes off. Like, it's – the world changes almost a little it's bit. Time to like, yeah, yeah. crazy. And yeah. I think, like, to sum that one up, every competition might not be a gunfight, but every gunfight is absolutely a competition, right? And that's a for quote. That's a paraphrase from Masada Ayub. He's been around forever. He's old school. But even a guy like him realizes the benefit of practical, practical pistol shooting. And that's just that. Like – it's one thing to say, hey, I'm pretty good. I go to the firing pin or I go to a place. I'm pretty good in my backyard. But to go and test yourself and more specifically to go and fail, right? Fail in training. See where your shortcomings are, maybe against your peers or your fellow competitors. Maybe you have an ammo malfunction. Maybe you bought your reload or maybe mm-hmm. you find, hey, I'm not as good shooting on the move as I might think. But the beautiful thing with competitions is they give you that arena to go and practice safely and then get the feedback from the community of competitive shooters. And like kind of dovetailing off of that, um, kind of how I got into this. I mean, the short of it is I got my pistol permit in 2017. I knew that I wanted to become proficient. I took carrying very seriously. So I did some classes with local trainers 
And then I got a membership at the firing pin. You know, you guys were, you know, friendly faces, welcoming. I did the winner, got my standard marksmanship drill set. Um, Josh Hawkins during his time here, shout out to Josh, was a friendly face. Hey, Josh. Um, But I knew I wanted more. And then long story short, for me, I was hopping around on the Instagram and a friend of mine had posted a USPSA video. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy shit, what is this? My life needed it. I need this in my life. Nice. That prompted me to hop on practicescore.com, which we'll talk about. And I found, wow, look at all these matches in the area. Genesee Conservation League in Penfield, mm-hmm. Ontario Rod and Gun out east, Rochester Brooks in Rush, New York. And make a long story short, I did my first match in 2019 uh, at GCL for an indoor match, and I absolutely fell in love. I mean, I had a Glock 17. I was pulling mags out of my pocket, total Joey. <laughs> But everybody there was super cool. And like from the people that were, you know, just starting out C or D class to the people that were A class or master level shooters, mm-hmm. the community was awesome. And then fast forward four years later, I basically went down the rabbit hole and um, through a lot of hard work and, and effort, I've been able to do pretty good. So part of the reason I wanted to come on today is like, hey, let's promote the action pistol shooting in our area. And then let's encourage us as regular gun owners to elevate our skills and that can come through dry fire live fire and the same things that you would use to practice for a competition um you can absolutely do in the comfort of your own home particularly with dry fire i I also enjoy how competition also validates the second amendment in a way um yeah there's like the whole defensive aspect and the 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 heart of the second amendment but competition really wasn't the intention of the founding fathers but it it's definitely like giving it new breath new reason to keep it around it's probably the most publicly um like socially acceptable reason to be you know that's kind of what i was trying to say if you you go to like why do we need the second amendment and you start talking about like well yeah it's so that we can overthrow a tyrannical government like if if need be and that is so many that is the pure purpose of it right yeah Yeah. i mean you know does your flag have a gold fringe on it or not like that's the level you start start sounding like uh which they should not right no no gold fringe right um sorry uh so yeah I think, like you said, competitive shooting, it is a great way that's that it's very okay to to do. 100%. You know what I mean? And to me, like, we need to normalize regular people, regular civilians, exercising their natural right to armed defense and exercising their ability to get better and proficient with their weapon. Mm-hmm. It does not have to be gatekept by LE or military. Nothing wrong with those schools of thought. Um, and to be frank, one of the fun things, and I'll share, you know, the humility of going to a USPSA match, um, there are a lot of people, particularly men, that might think like automatically I'm good with guns. Mm-hmm. And then you go to a USPSA match and Karen, who works in accounting, just absolutely ran train on your score. Yep. And it's like, holy crap, there's regular people that can go shoot fast and accurately. Right. And it's awesome. And it's great to see. And I mean, there's a lot of people that have really only had experience on a static range. They yeah. go, they shoot their bullseye groups and they can get a nice tight group, which is important. Sure. But then it's like, okay, now we're going to more, like you said, a practical side yeah. of shooting and it kind of, the, the wheels fall off the bus and yep. they can't do anything. And that's exactly it. Like there's nothing wrong with, you know, we all need to get our fundamentals home, right? You got to figure out your, your basis of like, can I, can I pew the round and make it go where I'm aiming? Yes. Check the box. Now, how do I get better? And absolutely, like when you're shooting uh, any of these action pistol competitions, there's a degree of pressure that is inherent. And, you know, I don't think it's like even a decade ago where there was this riff online between the tactical community and, quote unquote, the gamers. I think nowadays 
um, at least in my experience, consuming content on YouTube and Instagram, the Venn diagram has overlapped a lot. And mm-hmm. now it's become more acceptable. Um, because furthermore, like, okay, so yeah, cardboard doesn't shoot back. Got it. Um, yes, you know where your targets are. So is there a degree of choreography? Sure. At the same time, it's like, okay, put up or shut up. How fast can right. you address all these targets under pressure, speed up and get your hits, mm-hmm. and do so calmly with one run to do it? And it's exciting. Yeah. 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 I'm excited talking about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's there, do it right now. There's cool. there's mindsets of it, too, where, okay, I, I when I go to a match like that, yep. in my head, I know – I'm not going to even think about the leaderboard yes. or, or any of that kind of stuff. I just want to personally improve. Yep. I want to, if this is my first time, I want to know, can I get my gun out of the holster? Can I, can I do this without tripping and DQing? hundred percent, dude. I, I mean, have you, I'm sure you have. Have you been DQ'd? Knock on wood. I have not. Look at that. I, I mean, it happens though. I mean, it it's does. not something that you should be like not terrified Listen, of, but it's like that. That's kind of the, the low bar of yes. like, can I safely do this match and okay. And then where, what did I learn? Where yeah. can I go from there? And I'm, I'm one of those. I know I'm not the kind where I like game every, like, okay, I'm going to step up with my left foot and then I have to do this and this and this to shave off a quarter of a second so that I can win. Yeah. That that's not my goal. When I do these things, it can be your goal or it can, if that's your goal, that's cool too. Uh, but I think as long as you approach those with, okay, here's what my objective is, you're gonna have fun. Hundred percent, right, right. and I'm glad you said that because not everybody listening to this podcast, not everybody that's going to go and do a match, is going to get hooked and go down the full, you know, competitive shooter stick. I I'm proud to say that I've been privileged to train in this area, you know, and I'll I'll talk about several names that you know have a high level of mastery and are very competitive, not only on a, a regional circuit but a national circuit. On the flip side, I've I personally have been fortunate to get seven new friends into shooting this year. Um, that are all CCW guys, and they got into competitions as a means to get better. Nice. And furthermore, that's what it should be about. Um, yes, you are competing. Yes, there is last place, first place, and all that. But to me, and how I've always approached it is like, okay, how can I be better? All right, I made a mistake. I dropped the mag on the ground. I you know, almost broke the 180 or this and that. But it's all a place for learning. And I think kind of on that point, perhaps in the past um, – law enforcement, military, or even people that might have a big ego, I think there's a crowd that's evaded competitions because they don't want to get embarrassed by the lady in accounting or the guy who's an IT professional or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's where we got to embrace it. And we're going to talk about a number of things with competition, but like, I think one of my disclaimers right off the gate is like, listen, go and compete, embrace the failure and have fun. Be kind to yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, we're training to be more proficient. Uh, Should we need to employ lethal force with an imminent threat? And also digressing from that, it's just fun. It's mm-hmm. fun to do these matches, and it's fun to see your own personal improvements. So we've got some comments. Phil, some, I don't know, Phil something. Uh, no, Phil. We know Phil. Phil Casper? Uh, oh, yeah. Hey, Phil. He says, you are a great dude, which, I don't know, we're still up. No, I paid Phil him. good money. <laughs> and Phil says <laughs> he thought he was good with a pistol until he went to a match with you. And then he learned what actually being good was. I don't think he said you were good with the pistol. I just said like he <laughs> off Till he 20 saw bucks. Some, give me, give me yeah, some yeah. Love, bro. <laughs> uh, and and Roman asks uh, about info on these competitions, which we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, in a bit, I'm sure. Yes. Um, Tyler, have you ever done a, a competition? Uh, not with pistols. No. Yeah, I've never done one of these either. No. We need to. We're gonna make we that need to happen. sign up. I what? think it would be cool at the new shop. 
hundred percent. I'm just thinking like my wheels are turning. Hundred percent. My issue is like, how, how you said you did a GCL indoors. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like go into like the trade secrets, but how like their concrete walls and stuff. Their range is pretty wide, mm-hmm. so they have like there are two different um, two different bays. Yeah, and they 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 do this. I mean, we can kind of dive on that real quick. So GCL has matches basically every week. Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I think the current price here in December 2023 is 10 bucks. And if I may, it's the most fun you can have with your clothes on for 10 bucks. I mean, it's a hoot. That's hey okay. So <laughs> you got Tuesday IDPA matches in the evening, Wednesday USPSA. You sign up on practice score, which we'll talk about. And they do that every week. And then they have monthly matches um, for IDPA and USPSA. And that's just GCL. There's four other clubs we'll talk about. But the short of it is like, yeah, hopefully by the end of this um, dialogue, people can have good resources to prepare for their first match and then go on practice score and sign up for one. And, you know, again, there's going to be some people that might try and do one match. That might be their match for the year. There might be others that are like, hell yeah, let me do this once a month is my form of training. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't think I answered your question. GCL does have they've got two indoor bays. Um, They've been running indoor matches for quite some time, and they're very well versed with setting up uh, the targets in a way that. When you're in the right position to shoot them, you know, the rounds are going to impact the berms accordingly. It's um, it's very safe. Okay. I figured it was. They've been doing yeah. it for a long time. But I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to look at our old range, and I'm trying to run sure. a cl- – like, trying to do that in there. It's hard for me to visualize it, sure. I guess. It definitely is hard when you only have wider. the one yeah. lane yep. or the one bay, right? That's definitely hard. Uh, I don't want to digress – too far, but it has been something we've been talking a lot about internally uh, in the TFP Discord, which I don't know if we want to drop a link to that, or uh, we've just been trying to really gauge everyone's thoughts on when we do our rebuild here, right? We've got the building being built in such a way that we have the space to add a 10-lane range. Cool. So we'll have the original seven, We'll still have the shipping container, the red one, and then we'll have an additional space for 10 lanes, 20-yard uh, distance. It's been a, a really hard struggle, though, I'll be honest, with the way New York State has changed, both since requiring semi-automatic rifle permits, um, the changes to the pistol permit law, yeah, the ammo background check, obviously. So it's, it's very hard. You know, obviously my heart as a as a gun enthusiast and as a range owner yeah more lanes that's that's what we need but like as a as like a business guy strictly from a business perspective it's like man do we do we put that much money you know you're talking say north of like three hundred thousand dollars to put in and i'm not talking about the building the building's already going to be built but just the guts of the shooting range your ventilation system your baffles your backstop your target system your booths all that stuff you're talking about 300 grand or more. Um, is, is that worth it versus pursuing maybe other, other endeavors? Uh, and it, it is such a struggle because I would love to have those two bays. You could set up two different drills or you, you know, you're, you're running drills over here while we're switching this bay around, whatever it may be. Um, so it, it's, it's very difficult. We do want to, we have been, uh, like I said, reaching out for people's feedback. I'd love to hear your opinions. If you think, yeah, like we should go all, all for it. We've talked about doing even like a Kickstarter campaign to see how much interest there would be if we could fundraise some of that money. 
Uh, or if we have other ideas, there's other places that have like member lounges where the, it really, you know, fosters that, that fellowship and just the camaraderie that, that comes along with being a gun owner. There's places like our facility that have like little cafes and stuff in them. So you could like come out here and get a bite to eat, you know, hang out again with your friends and stuff. So we're, we're kind of open. We're kind of thinking what's going to be the best move for TFP, you know, long long term right most most people are advocating for a roman bathhouse i don't know if we're sold on i don't know if we're sold on the concept yet but i don't know Uh, more people are asking for it it's gonna be a that'll be an additional line item on the membership (laughs) yeah sure yeah access to the bathhouse (laughs) well i guess so like i know we're gonna dive into a lot i do want to just mention we do have some absolute legends watching right now (laughs) honor tim Tim, Tim, Tim Friday. He's he's yeah. watching, right? Uh, I think I saw Mr. Mr. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Bach. Bach. Awesome I think guy. I saw him. Uh, and yeah, they've got some questions. Cool. Um, so action pistol. Where where are the action pistol competitions? All right. So let's just go. Tim brought up. Love it. Thank you for asking that, Tim. So and yeah, maybe you could get into like what are all these different you know from IDPSA, USPSA. Yeah, yeah. Know. So let's do this. I like that. So with OBP. my with yeah, there you go. Other people's pizza. So um, I'm done. With real that. real quick, quick rant, and then I'm going to get to a too long. Don't read. So I had somebody ask me. I was talking to a coworker about um, Little Caesars pizza, and then high points came up. And uh, I can see. I can see. Like so somebody. So so I I figure that the Little Caesars pizza is pretty similar to a high point. People might ask, is it good? And the answer is simply, it's hot and ready. <laughs> okay, on to the serious stuff. So, okay, clubs. Facts. I want to I want to do four like bullet points because my my monkey brain I think about like too long don't read. Give me four bullet points that I can take and then dive. So I love how to. I'm sorry to interrupt. You. No, go right ahead. You, despite what you just said, yes. you do you did more show prep as a guest than, than we, we have did. ever done in our entire <laughs> like. This we, is more than cumulative show prep we've ever done. Like, I love it. I love it. Well, part of it is so like I stay on track because I, I can get to ramble. But aside from that, too, it's like, all right, we got a lot of good stuff. Let's get it out. But thank you. All right. So so here's my thing. Four points right off the gate and then we'll elaborate on these. So if you remember nothing else from the shtick, number one, go to practice practice is a website that is a hub for signing up for matches all around the country. You can search where matches are in your region, sign up for them. And then go and do the damn thing. And then what's really cool with action pistol shooting, like IDPA and USPSA, is after the match, you get the results, and there's a crap load of data. You can see where you placed on each stage, your percentage relative to the first place person, so on and so forth. Um, so practicescore.com. Number two, training resources that I would just say right off the gate, dry fire, baby. Get dry fire material from Steve Anderson or Ben Stager. Uh, I'm not sponsored by either of these guys. I'm just a working class shtick like most of us, but I have found immense benefit from the Steve Anderson and Ben Steger podcast. They're free. And both those guys have books that are about 30 bucks. Um, I really like this one. Get to work. It's from Steve Anderson. Um, Drive fire, which we'll get into quite a bit in the end is really where you can get a lot of value and it costs $0 per round. Um, also, yeah, go ahead. Keep, keep going. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a lot <laughs> There's a lot of good content on the internet, both YouTube and Instagram, um, and the opposite's also true. But Stager, Steve Anderson, Bob Vogel, JJ Ricasa, Rob Epifania, and Charlie Perez, all, if you type those names in the Google machine or any of those outlets, you're going to get some great content on Dry Fire for free. Um, number three, Humble Marksman, the Humble Marksman YouTube channel. 
Uh, Dave Blanton is his real name. He has a great channel with product reviews and stuff, but he has a two-part series YouTube on how to get into competition pistol shooting. Anyone who's watching this and is like, boy, I really want to do this, go watch those two videos by Humble Marksman. They're going to answer a lot of questions that are not necessarily intuitive when it comes to little nuances like where is the safe table? How do I not break 180? What do I do when I show up? So that's a good resource. And then the fourth thing, we kind of talked about this already, so I won't harp on it too much. Have fun. I mean, when you go and do your match, be kind to yourself. I'm not saying to give yourself a participation trophy right off the gate, but I kind of am. Just the fact that you're going to a match, mm -hmm. you're saying, hey, I am humble enough to say I might not do well, but I'm going to go and do the damn thing, and then I'm going to learn from it. And I think that's a good lesson for civilians, Ellie and Mill, in the sense of like, hey, you are not going to be great at this. Maybe you'll be good, but how can you get better? And how can you fail safely in a controlled environment? And then figure out how to get faster. Not slow down and get your hits, but get faster and also get the hits. Nice. So there's my four pull points. Um, clubs. Tim asked about that. So, again, right off the gate, Genesee Conservation League, which is in Penfield. On practice score, it is GCL. Rochester Brooks, which is in Rush, uh, I believe is RBPS. That's their, like, practice score ticker, if you search that. Uh, our friends out in Buffalo, Western New York Practical Pistol League, WNYPPL. Check those guys out. I'm actually shooting there this Sunday, which I'm excited about. I'll be nice. shooting with Tim, so that'll be nice. fun. Um, Ontario Rod and Gun, they're out in the Hoppin' Town or County of Wayne. Ontario Rod and Gun, ORGC on practice score. And then also the, the homies out in the Cortland Pistol Club. Um, they're kind of closer to the Syracuse area. Um, big shout out to Aaron Frost and Matt Hogue. Those are two guys I know personally out there. Really good dudes. Um, and then Waterloo Pistol Club uh, in Waterloo, New York, has a bunch of IDPA matches. I have not been out there yet, but I'm told they do a good job. And sort of a segue with that, um, they run what's known as kind of an outlaw match. It's not sanctioned by IDPA or USPSA, but kind of what we were talking about before we got on the air. Um, you can still run unsanctioned matches that sort of abide by rules and do it in the comforts of your backyard or in an indoor range. So that could be something that could get done with the firing pin or, sure. you know, other outlets. So. Anywho, if you guys sort search those ranges, literally from Buffalo to Cortland, we got, you know, six clubs all within an hour radius and it's hopping. I mean, I have um, my brother lives in South Carolina and Indiana. Obviously, as we know, down south, generally speaking, gun rights are mm -hmm. not as infringed upon and more prevalent. They're right. Well, yes. Not restrictions. Um, but we're really fortunate here in Western New York to have these six clubs all within an hour radius. Yeah. It's awesome. That is super cool. And yeah, we were talking uh, before the stream about there's, there's gotta be a way that once we reopen, obviously, and maybe it's, it's easier than we think it will be with the, the container range and, and yeah. we'll have the new space and maybe we can be creative and, and the range space, maybe we can put in a, a backstop and it's not a full range. But yep. It's a space we can use for, competitions maybe i don't know uh i would love to have something here because a lot of this is on the east side of town yes or rush is for sure southern, east or know. south yeah yep. yeah we need to have something out here on the west side yep. of town that we need to get a uh you know super bowl of sorts you know rivalry going between yeah. some of these clubs uh i would love i'm sure there is already but. well and i guess i'm glad you brought that up too so so action pistol shooting as we've already established your run and gun style, practical pistol shooting. 
Um, at the same time, yes, the roots of Action Pistol belongs to the IPSC, which is like the international governing body of this. To get to the point, the heart of Run and Gun is outdoor. It is dynamic. It's field courses. It's a degree of memory with a lot of movement. But there's still a lot of drills that can be done in indoor, just mm -hmm. like DCL, just like our friends out west in Buffalo. Um, so, like, to get to the point, like at the firing pin, shit, we could do a build drill challenge. We could do, um, like, a four aces drill. Some some of the listeners might know some of these drills mm -hmm. that are, you know, common with USPSA. You could do short course, more classifier style uh, drills and make a competition out of it. It's so fun. Yeah. yeah. It'd be wicked. It's so fun. It'd be wicked. It'd be very fun. Uh, Rob says USPSA website, find a club. Awesome. Which I know uh, NSSF has that, a similar thing, like find a shooting range. But yes. yeah, USPSA. Rob Hillfiker. Mm -hmm. yep. Hey, mm -hmm. Rob, how are you? Rob's awesome. And like, shout out to him. Um, hopefully I get his title right. He is the director of the Eastern Lake sectional. Awesome dude. I've had the pleasure of getting to know him. And he's totally right. You can go right on the USPSA website and find a club. That's another great resource aside from practice score. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I sorry. like. I'm sorry, John Jeffrey had yeah, to crack like up. <laughs> just <laughs> up into trash challenge. Yes, <laughs> that's more mob speed. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a little Caesars and High Point challenge. <laughs> it should be known that as serious and elaborate and specific we're going to get, everybody deserves to mag dump into trash. Yes. Oh, yeah. You need to add that to your training regimen. It's I, important. As as is a a tradition, and I think it's it's really a a requirement of being a gun owner is bringing non gun owners or people that yeah. have never shot a firearm before it's our duty it's our obligation to introduce them to firearms responsibly show them why we enjoy them why they're important all that stuff so i took when i was in college i love that i took a friend to uh brooks actually i had a membership when i was in college yep. we went to brooks packed all the stuff we did a, a little safety briefing beforehand and you know we get there get all the guns unloaded we're ready to shoot and it's like oh we didn't bring any kind of target. We didn't bring paper targets. We didn't bring clay pigeons that we could put out. We didn't bring beer cans. We brought nothing. Yep. And I was like, well, we're here. Like, we are going to shoot. So yep. it's like, all right, you're aiming at that rock right there. <laughs> on the you're aiming at that leaf. And, like, none of that mattered because it was like he had never shot a gun before. So yeah. all he cared about was the impulse and, and just the experience of shooting the gun. Like, would it have been cool if he did a target? Sure. But we didn't. And it was still mission accomplished, you know. On the, on the aircraft 100 percent, and like i would honestly like in my humble opinion i'd like to challenge anybody listening i already mentioned one go sign up for a match in 2024 go bring one new friend mm -hmm. who's not a gun owner out to a place like the firing pin and shoot um because you know listen we're all frustrated we've all had our rants rightfully so about being a gun owner in new york to just keep it really short and keep it positive do just that. Be positive and bring new people into the fold. I don't want to ask you to speak for any of these groups, yeah. but if you were to just show up, like a night at at, at uh, uh, GCL is a good GCL. One. Yeah. I just wanted to show up. I'm not going to pay. Yep. I'm not going to shoot. I just want to watch. I just want to feel the vibe. I want to see what's 100%. going on. Or like maybe you're going to bring a friend. Mm -hmm. I want to bring a friend. It's never shot before. I don't know if having a, them shoot, like you know, having the buzzer go off the first time they ever shoot a gun is probably not a good idea. But is that cool? Is that something that's done? People just come and check the check the scene out? Short answer, yes. Extended answer, like, I'm just a dude. I don't work for any of these clubs. Right. I'm not sponsored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I would recommend is a courtesy. Um, any of the names that I rattled off, go to their websites, find an email that corresponds to Action Pistol, type them a quick note. Or you can go on Practice Score, and there's usually under um, the club name and Practice Score a contact person. I am, like, 95% sure 
if they you eat, they're going to love that. Yeah. And and I encourage it because it, it is intimidating to go and do your first time. So to go and just observe and see mm-hmm. the flow um, without diving too deep too soon, like there's definitely a cadence with how the matches are run in terms of like, okay, there might be 20 people. They split them up into two squads. One person shoots, their run gets scored. Everybody goes and helps pace targets. They mm-hmm. pick up brass, so on and so forth. So there's definitely a flow. And then there's the whole like mental and emotional side of managing what your stage plan is going to be, how you're going to execute, blah, blah, blah. We'll get into that later. Long-winded way of saying, hell yeah, email ahead of time, go and show nice. up and watch it. Nice. And that's that's what you should do. Before we get too far off topic, I want to ask you one of my favorite questions. Oh my uh, that's not the conspiracy question. Everyone's that, like, that's, oh, that's, that's it. The, you think that's the one I'm worried about? Yeah. <laughs> you think that's the question I'm worried you're going to ask Matt? No. Tinfoil hat, <laughs> oh 42, God. it's the deep state. <laughs> you're still missing one. Jeez. But... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you all know it. Nope, I know it. I Everybody at home is shouting. There's like at least 27 dudes right now shouting a word into their phones. They're watching Thursday night football. They're like, ah. uh, "What? What was your first shooting experience? How did you? How did you get into it? Uh, in in terms of just in general, just like what? So you you mentioned bringing bring one person to the range and have them shoot for the first time. Yeah. What was that for you? Like, what gave you the bug? All right. So the short of it is I grew up around firearms. I grew up in the Finger Lakes area. My father was a big advocate of concealed carry and was a hunter. So I I was fortunate to grow up in a household with firearms that had a degree of respect both for sportsmanship and self-defense. Nice. Um, so I was raised nice. with that appreciation. But to be candid, I never really got into guns until my mid-20s. I always had other hobbies and interests. So it was sort of an ancillary thing for me. Um, and as with a lot of things in life, you don't always realize how good you have it until you get a fresh perspective. So I, when I, when I got into college and had more friends, we were like, yo, let's go shooting. Then I was like, oh, we could go to my parents' house and play. But to answer your question directly, my very first experience, I want to say I was seven years old, had an old trusty Ruger 1022 that my father and grandfather brought me out. And, you know, we shot at some tin cans in a, in a, in a barrel, maybe 10 yards away. And I never forget, um, my father showed me, you know, the exit wound, even of a 22 and what that did to the barrel. And that still has resonated with me, you know, even yeah. today. Nice. So, but kind of to elaborate on that, just to like dovetail back into competitions for a number of different reasons, you know, in brief in 2017 is when I got my pistol permit. So I waited a while. Um, I think I was 27 at that point. I took some training with some local folks. And then after that, like I mentioned, I think in 2018, I, I got my membership to the firing pin did some training there. And then in 2019 is when I, I went to my first match at GCL and then it's been crazy ever since. Um, but really for me, I didn't start training four matches until 2021. And we'll get into that in terms of like what helped me with dry fire and live fire. Hmm. So very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I just love seeing people's like, I don't know, just that, just that like remembrance of their first time shooting and like the spark that it's it's fun. Like it was good. Like, and I, I'm glad you asked me that. Like live too, because like I haven't I haven't thought about that in a bit, you know. And it's and it's neat. And that's like, again, we've already discussed it, but it, it it is important with where we all are, whether it's getting people that already carry or are in the community to get better with competitions, or just bring in somebody for the first time to shoot. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it is interesting. You brought up how you grew up with guns. Yep. I grew up with guns. Yep. Same thing. Uh, and it's it is interesting. Something I've noticed how people that. They've kind of always been around firearms. Their parents own them, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they feel and kind of act, I don't want to say in a casual way, but it, it does seem a lot more casual 
than people, because we, we meet a lot of people that get into them later in life, yeah. in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, even 50s or 60s, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just so interesting how when you get into them later in life, it just you're it seems like you're more focused about them. Not that you take it more seriously or it's really sure. different, but it's just it is a different I've I've noticed that. I think with a lot of things in life, when you have some perspective and then you have a finite idea of your time and resources, you get stoked on getting into something and then you're like, okay, this is me driving mm -hmm. the force of how to get into it. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot different than it's like, well, I grew up and not to say you're there in exactly. the background or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I know like one of the things this might resonate with some of the listeners, but like the whole reason I started doing competitions. Okay. One, I saw it on Instagram. I'm like, this is cool. But I had a Glock 26 and a Glock 17. And I'm like, I want to get better with my carry gun. Like mm -hmm. I take the onus and responsibility of carrying very seriously. Well, let me go test my equipment under duress and get, you know, get better um, in this arena. So that was kind of what started for me. And like, as a, as a segue with that, uh, I'm fortunate to have a lot of friends. I've met some of my best friends in the last three years doing these competitions. The community's awesome. People like Rob and Tim and Kevin and so many others. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I still have plenty of, you know, I, like I said, I got seven new friends that are all C or D class just starting out, but they love it. And they're doing the best they can for their level. And some of these folks, they only train a few times a year. And that's their quote unquote defensive training that helps them get more proficient with what they carry. Can I ask a dumb question? Yes. Can you do it on play carrier? Like if I wanted to show up to one of these matches just in a plate carrier? So I have, I, I will say, short answer, I think it depends on the club. I know um, I have witnessed at GCL and ORGC, I've seen people in plate carriers do it. And I think that has to do with level one versus level two matches without getting too deep into the weeds. If you go to like a level two or like a state or regional match, I'm pretty sure that would be a no-no. But some of the local level one clubs um, that have quote unquote more of like the fun matches, I have definitely seen people in um more kit running around because it's like yo this is what i'm gonna run shft tf um and therefore <laughs> it's like i can spell um they want to run equipment that's a little bit more realistic and again without getting too nuanced there's definitely rules and we'll get into like with what is legal or not legal with your belt setup or different attachments that you have um long-winded way of saying depends on the club but you should be able to because all of my training is you know going to polar wave or with pat so i'm, right. I'm I'm not used to shooting guns, not in a play carrier. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's yeah. weird for me to do hey, it. Sorry, sorry, a question from the audience. Can you do it riding a mountain bike? I wanted to get to that later. Right. Shout out Hickok45, grandpa gun owner. Nicholas Predom. That's he, Nicholas well, Predom. Shout out Nick. He first said, Matt, I love Matt. Tell him to go, tell him to get on a mountain bike. And then he said, can you do it riding a mountain bike? And that was going to be my question. I saw your Jeep out there with the rack on. I mean, listen, I get yeah. down, and and I I do love me some mountain bike. we got a great area for that. I wish we um, still had polar wave. I would. Hey, good well, it depends if you're trying to chase down the hill or you're trying to hit a jump. <laughs> I'd want to see you do some target target shooting you know, a, I might, on a bike. I'll have to channel my Hickok 45. That's like some cowboy you know? action almost, like modern <laughs> Modern cop, like Iron Horse, right? <laughs> Bring it on, hit a jump, and then bust the Glock out. Mag dump into trash. You That's where you can do that. You should also, <laughs> you should also probably change the locks in your house because Josh says he has his fingerprints on some of your guns. Oh, I just put my fingerprints on. He sold you some of the guns when he was here, but no, it's I'm, very true. I want to change the locks. I, I, I ain't scared. We're good. We're good. <laughs> I ain't scared. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, it. I love it. 
One of our longtime friends, Mike, asks, what are the preferred pistols oh, that's that a great folks question. like in matches? Kind okay. of, sorry, it kind of also yeah, ties in with ARMS uh, API. I don't know if it's Jason or Mitch, but yep. they ask, what are some good basic gear to get started with? And I'm sure we can do a whole live stream. So, yeah. I love Just oh, yeah. so, so here we go. Here, here, here's a, a non-long-winded answer for me, which is usually tough. Any modern striker fire, yeah. Any modern striker fired pistol from any major manufacturer that's pretty much full size, you're going to be damn fine with. Yes, if you want to continue to go down this pipeline, there's so many bells and whistles. There's the bougie shadow twos, but guess what? There's plenty of guys that are master and grandmaster with Canics, Glocks, M and P's. Pretty much anything that's got like a round of four inch barrel that's full size. You know, you can run a, a standard capacity mag in. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. um, we are in an unprecedented era, as you guys know, from a sales standpoint. I mean, there's just so many good guns that you can get between six and 800 bucks. Slides are cut for an optic. But yeah, Glock 17, Walther PDP, SIG P320, uh, the Canic SFX, M&P full size. Any of those are Taurus Curve. Yeah, you know, Ruger LCP. <laughs> but really, you know, though, what color do you prefer your shadow in? Well, you know, I wanted hot pink, but all they had was light gray, so it is what it is. But well, we got a guy for that. Yeah. Ooh. I love I love that you run a shadow. Well, yeah. This is the gun you should run. And I will say, like, kind of as a, another segue with that. So I started with a Glock. I shot a Glock 17 for three years. I put 20,000 rounds on it. It was a Gen 5. Shot the living piss out of it. Love Glocks. I carry a Glock 26. Um, to kind of answer Mitch's question a little bit deeper. So if you dive down the rabbit hole of this game, generally speaking, weight becomes king. Um, the heavier your pistol holding all things equal, uh, your heavier gun is generally going to dissipate recoil a little bit. It's going to be a little bit more stable if you have 20 yard shots. So you will tend to see a theme of guys or gals that really get deep into this. They'll tend to build guns as long as they meet weight limit for the class that are like 40, 45 ounces. That tends to be a sweet spot. Shadows are definitely a lot more. I'm not going to say publicly how much that gun weighs, but they're pretty portly. Um, so yeah, you'll see a lot of guys particularly running, you know, shadow twos, USPSA uh, just this year came out with a limited optics class, and that allows um, single action only guns, aka 2011s, to come and play with an optic in nine millimeter. So you're going to see a lot more guys running staccatos and of that sort uh, in this. So, so nice. yeah, pretty much any modern fire uh, full size gun, you're going to be totally fine with. You don't need to be like, man, is my MP in nine? Like, is that going to be enough? I don't have a you know, multi thousand dollar 2011. Yeah, dude, like come out and do it. So, my M96 broom handle, Ooh, it's not gonna work. Spicy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think um, yeah, I think pretty much the, the main thing is minimum caliber is gonna be, I think, technically 380, but basically nine something to nine mil. You can't rock out with a 22 and and, and do that, but yeah, just sad you don't have a parrot. There you go. Uh, the shadow systems parrot. Oh, I've never oh, seen oh, one oh the check. Uh, yeah, the the variation. Or CZ, of the sorry, shadow. The shadow. Parrot. I, I knew what you meant. It took me a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, CZ's got the checkmate, and the parrot is the special edition with like the all the, the colors. Yeah, yeah, all the colors, <laughs> the anodized stuff. And I think, like, actually, I'm kind of glad. I think Mitch brought that up, or maybe Jason, because I think a lot of people have a preconception, like, well, is my gun competition worthy? We already covered that at nauseum. But like, yeah, you show up to a USPSA match in particular, and you got these dudes with like open guns with like compensators and fixed uh you know mounts for their optic and this and that and it's like holy crap do i need that and the answer is no um just like motocross or autocross there are divisions and without getting too nerdy the divisions dictate what gear you can run so hey guess what your glock with iron sights that's going to be in production your tricked out 2011 with irons that's going to be in limited your bougie five thousand dollar open gun that's in the open class. Right. And you're not going to be going against that guy yep. who's going to blow you out of the water because he's been doing this for 10 years or five, you know. So here, 
six months, Kevin Bach. You yeah. Know, Kevin Bach's a great, great, great shooter. Kevin's a great shooter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the cool thing, though, is when you go to one of these events, right? Like, so locally, you might go to a USPSA event and there's 50 shooters. And like, say all of us are shooting on the same squad. We can all squad together, shoot the same match together, but but be of different skill levels and have different guns. So it's kind of like that bumper sticker coexists. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you coexist while you're on the squad. And then when all the scores get in, yeah, then the scores will have an overall score from, from the bottom to the top. But then you filter by your uh, category of what you're shooting. Sure. So that way it's fair. There, there's equity. There's competitive equity. Great question. Um, did we want to do you have any other questions or do we want to talk gear a little bit? Yeah, get into gear. All right. So we've been kind of going back and forth. And I guess one thing to say um, without getting super nerdy with it, IDPA and USPSA are the two main action pistol events that kind of we're talking about. Be on the lookout for PCSL. That's another one that will probably gain traction. But reeling it back, USPSA and IDPA. Um, USPSA tends to be a little bit more oriented towards speed, further target engagement, and more creativity with stage planning. IDPA tends to have a little bit closer engagement with targets, and then there's tactical priority in which you have to engage targets as they become a threat. It's got a little different scoring system with time plus, whereas with USPSA, you have hit factor. But to get to the point, um, so with IDPA, generally speaking, at least locally, um, each stage that you do will have around an 18-round uh, demand, right? So something like Blade Tech or Ghost that makes these mag pouches that clip to your belt, um, you figure, okay, in the People's Republic of New York, we are limited to restricted magazines of 10 rounds. So if you have two 10-round mags, 20 rounds, plus one in your gun, that's 30 rounds. You can go play IDPA. Um, holsters, you want out-of-the-way span that's going to clip on a regular belt that you'd wear. Um, but that's pretty much all you need. So for IDPA, out of the waistband holster, two mag pouches. I'm a big fan of Blade Tech. Um, Ghost is another one. I mean, it's just like anything else. You can spend $80 on a mag pouch, like these double alpha uh, for USPSA, or you can go to Blade Tech and get, um, you know, one of these that's probably more like 10 or 15. So IDPA, strong side, out of the waistband holster, two mag pouches, you're ready to ball. USPSA, most people, uh, you could run an IDPA setup, but USPSA, again, in New York, because of our capacity restriction, um, stages can be anywhere from eight rounds to 32. So me personally, I usually carry five magazines on me. So you generally only need 40 rounds. That's going to get the job done. But uh, always nice to have an extra in terms of some backup. Oh, sure. So USPSA, you run this fancy belt here. See how the camera can pick it up. What this is, is it's got an inner belt that goes on your pants. That's Velcro lined. And then there's an outer belt that's super stiff. So basically you put the inner belt around your pants and then you slap the outer belt over the top of it. A couple of reasons for that. One, the outer belt is super stiff. So when you're grabbing your magazines at high speed, you know, you hope that this stays rigid. So it's predictable and repeatable. Um, the other thing is all your mag pouches basically get tightened on super tight. So these things have very little movement, right? There's not any lateral play that you're compete or you know contending with. Again, so it improves that predictability. Uh, I guess as a slight metaphor, USPSA in a lot of ways is kind of like Formula One, right? It's, it's going fast with guns. 
So as much of the variables you can take out with equipment in terms of having a standard placement of where your magazines are coming from and not having your mag pouches move around a bunch, the better. Um, you can run things like a drop holster. And again, some people are probably looking at this and they're like, dog, this is like straight up gamer belt. Like you ain't going to carry that. You're right. You're not going to carry this. Um, but to me with USPSA, it's not necessarily about having carry equipment, although plenty of guys will compete with their carry guns. It's about what can I push the absolute limits of my skills with isolating the variables of like predictability with drawing your gun and pulling a mag and then figuring out how damn fast I can shoot a given course under pressure one time on the clock. So long-winded way of saying USPSA, you're generally going to have like a double belt setup. Again, I'm a huge fan of blade tech. You guys can check that out. They're affordable. Um, this is a blade tech holster right here. Some USPSA nerds might find this interesting. There's a company called GX, which makes very nice holsters. They're very expensive and there's a long lead time. This right here is a $20 McMaster car. If I can touch it. Cam lever. Uh, I installed this myself with a drill. And what this does is I let all the tension out of my holster here. And then when I'm not competing, I drop the cam lever down so that the gun stays planted because you absolutely <laughs> cannot have your gun pop out when you're walking stages, pacing targets. But when it's my time to shoot, I pop that bad boy right up and there's like no resistance. One of the resistance. other things that I absolutely love about competition and this environment is this breeds innovation. 100%. So much of, of the end products. Now it takes years to get there, and it might not be that exact idea. Yes. But there's probably a holster company that just saw this, because obviously there's like thousands of people watching. Yep. And that's going to be on a product in a year from now. Yep. Like, 100%. And like GX is already doing it. That's the Matt Wolf special. That's a $60 Blade Tech holster with a $20 part. And, and guys, again, I want to emphasize, like, I'm getting a little nerdy with some of my gear. You are totally fine to get your Blade Tech set up Get your two mag pouches and a holster for IDPA. You're going to want four of these for USPSA. Go out and shoot. You don't need to break the bank. I'm a pretty frugal person. Um, I'm fortunate through hard work to starting to move up in the ranks and doing better. So I'm investing a little bit more in gear. You don't have to go buck wild with the gear if you don't want to. Um, anywho, so uh, John Jeffrey says, IDPA, I don't practice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There's a friendly rivalry with IDPA and USPSA. I would encourage anybody who's watching this that like is super stoked on getting involved, but really doesn't know anything about either of these go try an IDPA just for the fact that Genesee conservation league is great um, with their Tuesday night IDPA matches. There's not a lot of stage planning that's needed because everybody pretty much runs the same stage. The round counts lower and the targets are generally a little bit closer. With that said, in my humble opinion, USPSA is where it's at. <laughs> USPSA is more creativity with stage planning you speed up and get your hits. Um, it's all about hit factor scoring and being able to see more in less time. Uh, I am a firm believer of once you get past the intimidation of showing up to your first match, go hang with the boys and girls at USPSA and they're going to, they're going to teach you how to speed up and get those hits. So anywho, so equipment. Um, I think we covered that pretty good with IDPA and USPSA like blade tech. I like um, ghost. The pouches that are on this belt are double alpha. They're they're expensive. I, I want to say each of those mag pouches was like 80 bucks. I didn't pay that. I bought them used from another competitor. Um, but it's fun. And again, I, I've gone down the rabbit hole. There's levels to all this. What do you think about this? Israeli weapons innovations, Masada 9S. 
How how new is that? Like just dropped, kind of just released. I know it's new to us. Yeah. So this, so I know nothing about this. I've just been handed a gun, which I'm super excited about. This looks to be about the size of like a uh, a G43X, something of that nature, maybe a G48. Trigger's got a little bit of take up, firm wall, maybe like a three and a half pound break, speedy reset, sweet carry gun. That's what I think about it. So we're gonna trade you. I'm cool. gonna take the shit. Shadow two. Go. <laughs> Let's ball. So I'm gonna propose. <laughs> I'm gonna propose a new league style of shooting, whatever you want to call it. Yep. The shooter shows up to the match, and yep. they're just blindly given. Uh, okay. Gun. Here's the stage. That's yep. what you're shooting. Yep. Never seen that before. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a Glock 17. Yep. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's a Ruger LCP. Exactly. Ooh. Which we all know stands for a little crappy pistol. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't mention this second time. Hey, yo. Uh. <laughs> I, didn't, I, gr- I glazed over this, but just for clarity, IDPA tends to favor carry guns. It's in the name, International Defensive Pistol Association. So they have classes that are more conducive to like micro carry, subcompact, subcompact, so on and so forth. So that tends to be a little bit more of a interest point for people that are like, all right, I got, you know, I got my IWI gun. I got my G43X. I got my P365. I want to go use this. I don't want to get a Glock 17. Sure. I don't carry that. Sure. Go do IDPA. And, and it's great. I try and do at least one or two matches of IDPA every year. Um, I'm building this gun up, which is basically a CZ 75. It's a, it's an SPO one. Uh, I'm going to get this to make weight and then I'll use that for IDPA. I've run my Glock 26 and IDPA just fine. Um, but yeah, so cool piece. Make weight, make it lighter, make it heavier. So different classes have weight restrictions. So, and again, without getting too nerdy, um, ballpark, I want to say a Glock 17 weighs around 24, 25 ounces. Some internet warrior can fact check me on that. Something like this, this this um, CZ75 with these lovely brass grips I have, um, this bad boy comes in, I want to say, at 42 ounces. Wow. So, you know, you're, you're talking close to almost double the weight of a Glock. Um, something like this, a Shadow 2, without any grips, is coming in, I want to say, at 46 ounces, not including the optic. We'll leave it at that. But um, again, um, it, it's all preference. I, I shot a Glock 17 for three years. Uh, I had a, a P320 with the um, TXG module. I shot that. I think that gun comes in around 45 ounces. Um, yeah. So generally speaking, heavier guns, in my opinion, tend to dissipate recoil a little bit better, a little bit more stable, but it all depends on the user. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Cool. So what's next? It's cheating. It, 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 it's cheating. The shadow, the shadow two is cheating. It's pretty wild. So I will say, in in my humble experience, Dan West, uh, the DWX, yeah. that's a slick piece. That's what I got. Yeah. You got one? We'll have to talk. Um, the DWX <laughs> really intrigues me uh, because, to my understanding, it's sort of a 1911 CZ 75 love child, if you will. It's got kind of similar grip angle, but like the double stack. The only thing I, I feel like, man, I wish they they had that cut for an optic right out of the gate. I think they missed the mark for that. Yeah, they did in my humble opinion, the carry gun is stupid. Yeah, they reversed. They should have done it the other way around. Yeah. Um, heavier guns. So actually, let's talk about that real quick. So, a CZ seventy five, it's not going to make you a better shooter. Spoiler alert. And this is true with. What? I'm sure. What? I know. I know. I'm going to return all of stuff. Uh, he's gone as we all know you know you go on reddit you go on instagram you go on youtube it's like what gun should i get for competing what's the best concealed carry the answer is the one that you're going to keep on you and carry and then the other answer for competition is the gun you're going to train with right um aaron frost out of Cortland runs an mmp full size masterclass uh ben conklin in syracuse glock 17 masterclass 
Kevin Bach runs an older uh, CZ SPO, uh, just the Shadow One, the Taurus SPO Kirk. One. Taurus Kirk. <laughs> you know, and I'm pretty sure he's masterclass. It, it, it's it's again, it's the user. With that said, a heavier gun, a lighter trigger, a better trigger that's going to have uh, less take up, a shorter reset. It is going to mask bad habits. Mm-hmm. That's what a better gun is going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm a believer. Like, there is a fine line of when you get to a certain level. I do think maybe a couple percent difference with the gun that might translate to instead of hitting, you know, two alphas or an alpha Charlie, maybe you get two alphas, right? Cause you're going to be able to have a little quicker split, uh, a little less input. That's going to, you know, jerk a shot one way or the other, like a Glock. Um, but at the end of the day, go out and train, run what you got. And then once you've done this for like a year, then figure out what you want to upgrade to. We got to start doing an undercover video series of like sending me or Tyler to like these matches, like just showing up at GCL some night with like, Literally a Taurus curve yeah. in like an Uncle Mike's. Yeah. Just like the little the snap <laughs> holster that just goes over and like yeah, just like extra mag. I got like a wrong mag in my yep. pocket. I got like a Ruger LCP mag yep. or something. Like, yeah, just just you know, just be a man and show up with like a Smith and Wesson 500. Just go for it. <laughs> so years ago, uh OG TFP customers will remember we used to have Saturday night shoots. Cool. And it was our attempt at doing you know, defensive shooting sure. drills. They weren't sanctioned. There's never on practice score, but it was like, here's a scenario. Yep. We're going to run the drill. We'll all get a chance. We'll set up a new scenario. We'd run it for a couple hours. And there was one Halloween where they set up some drills and I was out. I would usually man the store because mm-hmm. there's people in the range. I wanted to have a presence out there in case we needed ammo or whatever. Yeah, right? so I'm, I'm out there like man in the store and it's, it's, you know, it's late. And they had like a zombie shoot or whatever for Halloween, right? And so I was rocking. I had an, um, we still have it, Smith and Wesson 629 PD, which is the scandium frame yeah. airweight 44 Magnum, yeah. right? Four inch barrel, had it. Uh, and I'm standing there. I'm like, all right, I'm cool. I had 300 grain Ooh. hard cast lead Remington rounds in there. And they come out of the range, they're like, Brad. You gotta run this drill. It's so much fun. I was like, I'll come in there. I'll see what you guys are doing. And the drill was: there's three zombies, and you got to do two headshots, like two, you know, just so you really make sure you get them. Double tap, double tap, double tap, yeah. and you, you nail the zombies. And so you had to run in there and do fucking double taps with the, the, the giga just, oh, oh, the recoil. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Not fun. But you did it. That was the last competition shoot I ever did. <laughs> We're gonna change that. But it was fun. No, it was fun. Yeah. But yeah, so I gotta I gotta relive that and just yeah, this is that's awesome. Well, well and, and there is uh there is Icor, which is um which is a revolver specific series that kind of has a similar cadence as IDPA with like uh I don't know if it's time-based scoring or if it's hit factor scoring, but it's all revolvers, which is pretty sick. And also cool. with USPSA, you can shoot revolvers. I mean it's kind of a dying breed, but sure, cool nonetheless. Yeah. Guaranteed to get first, right? Hey, one, one <laughs> no one else is doing it. So let's kind of talk about that real quick. Um, we kind of glazed over. So people might be wondering, like, what the hell do you shoot at with USPSA? And these have been kind of up there. So the target, this is a USPSA target, kind of humanoid, humanoid style. I was pewing this guy literally like two hours ago at, at the range here. Um, but what we're looking at is something that's like man size. And I think the camera can pick up on it. There's mm-hmm. a rectangle that's like, Eh, say about eight inches wide and then you know maybe 14 inches long that's what's called the a zone you uh for every cardboard in uspsa you got to pew two rounds on it right so the best score you could get on this target is two in the a zone that's going to get you 10 points the kind of outer perforated ring here there we go following camera that's the charlie zone 
um, that's worth three. And then the outer ring is the delta, that's one. So the goal is two alphas on each uh, target, right? That, that's going to score you 10 points. And again, I think I mentioned this already, but with, with USPSA, it is your score is points divided by time. And that number you get is hit factor. So it is quite literally how fast can you go while still yielding accuracy? And people will say, well, what's better, points or speed? And the answer is yes, both. you need both. Yes. Um, another like quick little nugget. So like when it comes to dry fire, so I like these little scale targets. This is a little bit bigger than one third, but the Ben Steger Pro Shop sells these for pretty cheap. Like I think you can get a pack of six and some like little mini steel uh, mini poppers, which they shoot in, in uh, USPSA. You can get like a pack of these for like 10 bucks. Or if you want to be super budget-esque, you can get brown paper on Amazon. And then you can Google USPSA PDF, <laughs> print that bad boy right in your house. I may have done that a couple of times. But what I like to do is I like to dry fire with the scale targets because then I know I'm training my eye to find aiming points on the targets that I'm going to compete in. Um, one of the things some of you might be thinking that have never seen these are like, well, what the hell? Like, this is hard to see at 20 yards. Like, where's the A zone? That's the point you as the competitor need to be able to pick out a very small spot on the target is your aiming point and then yeet your rounds into this target. Um, and it is a challenge. You need to be acquainted with where the A zone is. Sometimes these targets are on their side. Sometimes there's hardcover where there's like paper covering the target. So there's only a portion of the A zone, but with practical pistol shooting, particularly USPSA, you are training yourself under pressure to pick a specific small spot on the target and blast two rounds into it. I usually shoot my targets up, upside down, upside down. Whatever floats your boat. Um, but yeah, so uh, <laughs> so every time oh I just want to make Joe just Joe's face. face. God damn it. The, the face reaction. Did he come on? Man. That's why I say everything I say just to get Joe. <laughs> it's worth it. High dollar value. But yeah, so like I like um, how they switch it up. I like how they do it on the side sometimes. But yeah, it's not the same every time. Right, I, I do enjoy that. And and for sure, like so so you got steel, you got these like mini popper steel, um, and then you got the paper target. The one thing with paper when it comes to training, um, and actually I didn't really mention this, but like people get caught up that, you know, it's like you go do a basic CCW class and it's like, I got to get all my rounds in like a coffee sized lid, you know, three inch circle. And it's like, you look at this target and you're like, damn, this dude's all over the place. Right. But this is for the most part, there's a couple flyers here. These are all in the A zone. So when you think about it, a target like this at 15 yards under pressure where you're trying to go as fast as possible, it's a lot harder than you think to shoot an eight inch by 14 inch rectangle. Uh, more importantly, the benefit of paper is you have an aiming point, you fire your first shot. And then the question is, how do I learn to time my second shot to get that control pair predictably and then move on to the next target? So to bring this full circle to defense, right? I think it's very valuable to say, hey, I know what my draw time is. I could clear a garment in one and a half seconds. If I have an out of the waistband holster with practice, I can draw from a buzzer, get my first shot off at 1.2 seconds. I know if I shoot a USPSA target like this, like I just did, it's seven yards. My splits are 0.2 seconds. Okay. So if I got two bad guys that are running, I know that once I get my first shot off at the draw, it's going to take me another 0.2 seconds to fire a second shot in that first threat. And then it's going to take me, if they're close, probably 0.2 to 0.3 seconds to transition to the next, and then 0.2 seconds for the, each additional shot. So to me, when you do USPSA or IDPA and you start to train with a shot timer, you can gauge metrics of 
how quick can I actually do this stuff so that if I am at the mall, you look at like Eli Dickin or you look at like Jack Wilson at the, um, that particular defensive shooting at the church a couple years ago. I guarantee you within reason, folks like that had an idea of what they could do under pressure and be able to execute it. So that's where the data comes in. I'm not a super quantitative person, a more kind of qualitative, um, but knowing what your split times are, what your draw time is, what your transitions are, very valuable. And then more important, go do it in a match and see if you can pull it all together, not only for the benefit of your run for that day, but then, hey, if I am under duress and I need to protect my family, can I get this gun out in less than a second and a half? Do I have that window? Yeah. So on and so forth. Right. Yeah, yeah it's super important. Any questions? I know I just started yapping for a bit. Uh, ammo preference, just personal. The answer is want. the answer is whatever you can get that runs reliably in your gun. Um, I so I uh, Tim Friday is an awesome guy. I'm glad he chimed in. M class open shooter, great dude. He has um, some great reloads that he sells. Tim's targets. I'll plug him. Um, he does 124 grain for nine mil and 147. Um, I personally, I, I like Tim's ammo. I use that for training quite a bit. Um, I'll, I'll train with just general Blazer Brass, American Eagle. I don't care as long as it cycles. I will say my Glock 17 would eat anything. I mean, I'd shoot Tula. I'd shoot Wolf back in the glory days of 2019 when that ammo was 14 cents around, which pains me to say. I'd shoot all that in the Glock 17. Something like this, this is a little bit more of a special snowflake. Um, I do tend to shoot more... Um, uh, jacketed bullets. I, I like to shoot Supervel. They're out of Nevada. They do uh, reloads. I shoot. I shot their 147 grain for a number of years, but I've really grown to like the recoil impulse of their 124. Long-winded way of saying, hey, when you're just starting out, whatever freaking ammo you can get your hands on that runs reliably, do it. When you start to get a little nerdier with this and you start to figure out, okay, what kind of recoil impulse do I like? What kind of timing do I like? Then you can start to experiment. A guy like Tim is great um, to try his reloads that tend to be a little bit softer than like your box ammo, a little lower velocity, but they're still meeting the minimum power factor to go and compete legally. Um, there's a lot of people that roll their own. And I mean, we could get off into a whole conversation with that. Uh, most people that really get into this, they do tend to reload, not just for the cost savings, because to be honest, you don't really save money when you reload. You just shoot more. Yeah. But also in 2023, you become your own supply chain. And that's a whole nother topic. Um, like it, it makes me stoked to see you guys carrying small pistol primers. That's going to help, you know, come to these guys if you need some reloading stuff, um, because more and more that's going to be an important thing for a number of reasons. Especially with the ammo background check, too. I don't yep. care what you shoot. Just make sure you do a background check. There you go. Keep us safe. Keep, keep them in business. Tim uh, Tim sent a heart emoji. Oh, so thank you, Tim. Warms my heart. He's right up the road. Too. He's an awesome dude. Yeah. yeah, Tim's awesome. And like, um, I learned a lot from him in the last few years. And um, yeah, another another random segue too for those that are starting to get into this. Start saving your brass. If you go, um, you know, when you're able to in a range, if you got permission or if you have private property, start saving your brass now. And um, if you find small pistol primers, you should get them. I'm sure there's some people that are going to be mad at me for saying that in terms of people that are trying to get them and hoard them. But uh, yeah, brass, powder, start buying it. You alluded to something earlier that I've always felt too. And in a lot of, and this is going to be true for a lot of different hobbies you can get into or yeah. interests. When it comes to firearms, when you have one of those questions, like what gun should I run? What ammo should I be running? If you don't know, 
It doesn't matter yet. Yes, bingo. It doesn't matter yet. Yep. Once you've shot enough where now you can formulate an opinion, yes. well, then you can help yourself. And you can say, oh, well, no, my gun doesn't like Tula or this or that or bingo. whatever. Like, yep. like, like In those beginning it, stages, it, it won't matter. 100% agree. Run what you can get your hands on, run what's reliable, and then when you get to know more, figure out what recoil impulse you like and figure out what groups well with your gun. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so we can certainly get into dry fire stuff, but I'm trying to think. As, as far as other things to know about doing your first competition, um, I think it definitely helps if you can email or call ahead of time. Uh, it's definitely a good idea. Go and, go and observe a match. Um, Rochester Brooks, Ontario Rod and Gun, GCL locally here in Rochester, you can go when they have a scheduled Saturday match, go and watch, see what it's all about. Um, and then go from there. But your, your very first time going, the big thing you need to be cognizant of is where is the safe table? What order am I shooting? And when the RO tells you to make ready, know what that means and know what to do safely. And then when you finish your run and the RO says show clear, um, do so in a very calm manner. And RO stands for range officer. That's kind of the official that is observing you as you shoot. So, um, yeah, we can elaborate on those points if you guys want, but that those are a couple just off the dome, some good tips. Yeah. Um, Ty, did you want to tackle Mike's Mike's question? That's kind of your wheelhouse. We can round it out, maybe round it out for the night. If that's what you want to do, that's a great that's a great like ending question. I think so. Well, yeah. how are we doing on time? We finish it. Oh damn, 830. Okay. I, I was surprised too. Whoa. Yeah, right. <laughs> it feels like it's still seven. Do you have any last minute things you want to bring up? Yeah. Um as far as dry fire, we didn't really get too much of that, but I mentioned the Steve Anderson and Ben Steger books. Go check those out. Um I shot a lot of ammo in 2019 and 2020. I shot, I shoot about a third of that now because I dry fire five minutes a day, five to seven days a week. When I get closer to a match, I dry fire maybe 30 minutes a day, a couple times a week. You can gain so much value in dry fire. It is invaluable. And dry fire essentially is manipulating your unloaded firearm, doing specific drills, training your index in terms of your vision, your trigger press, and knowing what happens when you pull the trigger and how those sights are going to move. Go look up shot calling. Go look up doubles and go look up trigger control at speed. Those are three great drills. I mean, as far as trainers, uh, you guys, I know, do some training on site. Pat Kimball, one line defense. Great guy. He's someone local you can seek out. Um, the fellas at Bull Creek, uh, Jake Shoik, Travis, Frank, they're awesome dudes. Um, Bull Creek's got some great stuff going on. Jake and Travis both compete. And then Matt Hogue out in Red Creek, the Woolcott area. Awesome dude if you're out east. Go and train with any of those guys. Um, I encourage you guys to spend time and get your fundamental marksmanship. Get nerdy with dry fire. Go and learn that. Have fun. Make mistakes. Experiment. And then if you have the time and resources, work with a professional trainer um, to get some you know, one-on-one feedback. Other than that, um, you guys can heckle me on Instagram. I'm a random dude, uh, working class fella, at Matt Wolf Creative or at Wolf Creative is my handle. And uh, as mentioned already, go and email these clubs, see what they're about, go on practice score. Like Rob said, look up a club on the USPSA app, find an area or a club that does matches, contact them, show up and uh, test yourself and have fun while you're doing it. And those people can reach out to you and ask you questions. Yeah, you can ask me questions. I got I got a day job. I'm not sponsored by any of these clubs. I'm literally just a dude who loves shooting, but I, I take it serious, much like you guys do in terms of the ethos of 
I want more people that are responsible to get armed and become proficient in a responsible manner to defend themselves and their families. And competitions are a great way to do that. You open yourself up to questions. You're going to get some questions. <laughs> what's what's this weird lump, Matt? Look at this. I am not look at a this doctor. Weird lump I sent you. What I is got this? my certificate from DeVry or WebMD. <laughs> what is this? I'm an ordained minister, thanks to the Unitarian Church. But no, I can't help you with that lump. That's like if it doesn't slow you down, you're good. Yeah, keep, keep on blasting, homie. <laughs> I love That's it. great. I love That's it. So this is kind of one of like the last questions we ask, or I don't know, we kind of ask you right. We always ask our guests this. What's your favorite conspiracy theory? Again, not the question I thought he was gonna <laughs> ask. Man, you actually kind of think about that. Hang on, we got a tinfoil hat. <laughs> Those um, are in the other room. Whoa. I don't know. Um, so many good ones. I try to evade them to be honest with you. I try and stay away from them, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not real thrilled about all the stuff going on in New York. I, I, I don't know if that's building seven. I knew he was going to say it. No, he's like, like, let me put you on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're definitely, there's, there's definitely, uh, aliens in little Caesars and they, and they, and they shoot high points and I'm very concerned about them. So, you know, I don't know if that's pizza gate, but it's definitely high point. Close. I think that's my conspiracy theory. Here's, here's one for you. (laughs) Pizza related. Did you know if you go on to like Instacart or Grubhub and you go to, or Uber eats, whatever, Pasquale's Pizza. Mm-hmm. You look at Pasquale's Pizza. Oh, it looks like this nice little Italian place. Get a little pizza, whatever. Sure. It's Chuck E. Cheese. No gobble goo. It's a Damn. ghost. It's a ghost kitchen. The Rat Man. Yeah. Can I just say this? And maybe this is an ending point. The I just, Rat Man. I, I want. I want people to really to, to understand. And this is this is. I'm gonna. My my buddy Marcus Kroll is gonna love this right now. I firmly believe, and I'll look in the camera just like a politician. Every pizza is a personal pizza if you believe in yourself. <laughs> It's so it. bad wanting to just end it. <laughs> that's what I'm You, you can't end story. it before you ask him. Yeah. Go ahead, ask okay, him. No, I cannot. Ask him. I got uh, thick skin. I'm open. We're live. I mean, we can do this. <laughs> well, hey, what's your skin well, thick enough? All right, that got weird. That got weird. What's your skin? Weird okay, okay, weird. <laughs> if only the viewers could. <laughs> if only the viewers could have heard our conversation before we went live. But I digress. Oh my god! Seriously. Mm. Yeah. Was your skin too thick for a moil? <laughs> or were they able to? That's such a weird way to put it. <laughs> you know, what? I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and plead the fifth. <laughs> no, no, McArdle's making the. Uh, no, did you end it or no? No. Well, you probably should. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, yeah, oh my God. I, I we got you a shirt if you still want it. I, I'm honored. Actually, no, here, take the hoodie. Oh, take awesome. the hoodie. Awesome. Is that in his size? Or you can I don't know. Sure? We'll fix it later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine oh, yeah, a television. Of course it will be. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands now. I've gone full Ricky Bobby, and here we are. Thank you, brother. No, I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. We would like to sponsor you. What kind of battery does this optic take? Uh, so whenever yeah. you need those for your competition, you come. Oh yeah, we're gonna sponsor. I'm trying to think of like the two. Do you got any of those free batteries? That screw, <laughs> that screw ever backs out. We got you. Oh, you got me, dog, on them T32s. All right, let's go. Let's go. Oh man, this is good. This is good. No, I appreciate being on here. I love what you guys stand for. I love just. We live in the state of New York. Let's stick together. Let's get more people into competition shooting. Let's get more people responsibly armed and trained. 
and let's do what we can to be kind to one another and get more people involved with firearms. I love it. Thank you so much, buddy. Hey, appreciate it, brother. Thanks. Love it. Bye. Thank you.